2: So normally I'm Thomas Rencar. This is the BWI Live Postgame Show. Normally I come on here and I explain what happened. In in the best way that I can, and understanding what I saw on film and and how Penn State won or lost the game. You all saw that, right? You all saw exactly what happened. I don't know that I need to do that today. Um and normally I would also say, you know, against certain losses, certain things are predictable. The, the team that should lose lost a lot of times with Penn State and some of these uh, top teams. That's not, the, in my opinion, that's not the case. I think you saw the Ohio State offense, what, what we were talking about all week. There's something missing with this group. Kyle McCord, not the same quarterback that they've had. Penn State should have, on paper, won that game. They did not. So, yeah, burn it all down. <laughs> today, burn it all down in the comments. Like, that's where we're going today. I don't have anything else to say. Ben Shields says that was embarrassing, fan- Penn State fans. I think you're I think you justified in that. Um, Let's look at, and I always go to the stats. I want to show you some of the things. Again, you don't need me to do, to do this necessarily because you saw it yourself. But just because I'm a creature of process, let's look at the number one stat that matters in this game. And if you're looking here on the screen I uh, and you're here live on the show, appreciate you being here. Third downs, oh wow, they got one, one of 16. Their final third down conversion, Penn State football's th- final third down conversion came on the final drive. They were one of 16. Now, Ohio State wasn't much better. They were six of 16, but they were better. They were better than than, than Penn State. Um, this is, this is a level of offensive, um, performance that I'm not going to say we didn't see coming. There were people concerned about it. Everyone who asked for explosive plays was right. I, I asked James Franklin, can you win if you're not a complete team? And he said, matchups are important. Penn State matched up well in this game, but they, they needed to do a couple of things on Friday. We, we laid it all out. They need to be efficient. They were 0 of 16 on third down. Earlier this year, they talked about doing the hard things well, learning how to do hard things well. Well, they 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 were not doing any of those things well today. They didn't stay on schedule for the most part. They actually did pretty well on first down at times, uh, especially early in the game. Um, they They didn't... Have the efficiency? Trey Wallace made absolutely no difference to the passing game on the road. That was another thing. Like I, I said it in the in the tailgate show before the before the game. I gave you the stats of when he's out there, and I said, but it's also against non conference opponents. And today it made no difference. And I think we got a lot of rage here in the chat. So I'm please don't swear, then I can't put your comments on the air. Um, but let's get to it difference remains the same between these two programs. Ohio State has dudes. PSU has guys. They have Marvin Harrison Jr. And I don't want it to be just about that because I put this on the coaching staff. Like, Penn State has Olufashinu, who's going to be a top five pick. Late in that game, he gave up some pressures. But, like, he hasn't given up a pressure in, in, uh, like, three iPhone cycles. And when you're in obvious passing situations, sometimes that happens. The, the biggest problem today for the Penn State offense in, passing, uh, in, in the passing game was once again, they could not protect the middle of the pocket and there were loopers and stunners coming free continually up the middle. Drew Aller looked off early because uh, the Ohio State defense was running guys free in his face. So he's throwing the ball early and it looks like it's all disjointed. It is disjointed because the timing is off. He's throwing a deep in route before the receiver gets their head around. That's not a winning strategy. That's just avoiding a negative play. And then late in the game, he did lose his composure. We saw bad Drew Aller, who was not accurate and was throwing the ball way outside of his receivers. Honestly, I was preparing for the show. I was just kind of... It was over here on my second screen, and it was... I didn't look at it because it was bad to look at. <laughs> Steven says, here you go, T. Frank. Just the way it is, I only have so many years left, I may never see Penn State beat Ohio State. Steven, I appreciate your level-headed uh, resigned to this, but he's got to, like, I don't want to say never. This was the year. Aeneas Hawkins, Penn State defensive tackle, dude who was in the locker room that's, that had the one no mentality, et cetera, et etc. Cetera. He said this was the biggest game. Of James Franklin's career earlier today. Now he said it on Thursday, and after we were done recording, I said, Oh wow, that's you you mean that? And he said, Yes, I mean that. They scored six points. And yes, we'll give them the extra six for the touchdown here in, in, in futility time. But it was not a 20 to 12 game. The offense had no uh no counterpunch after their initial plan. And I think, so to start my analysis, this is something I, I I saw in the first, I saw this earlier in the week, and uh, this was their plan coming into the game. Ohio State plays with a light box. We talked about that all week. So early in the game, Ohio State's playing with a light box. Penn State comes out with 12 personnel, and their wrinkle this week, their, their tendency breaker was they pulled the center, Hunter Norzat, and the backside tackle in the run game and early they gashed ohio state for some good chunk runs they forced ohio state to bring the safety into the box okay we've we, we've checked box one efficiency now is take the easy routes take the check downs and and be efficient in the passing game and druella came out a little jittery Threw a nuke ball on third and three that bounces off Theo Johnson's hands. He's got to catch it. That ball can't be that fast. Both those things are true. Um, and then they go three and out again. And then they go four and out. And then they go three and out. And what happened in that moment was early in the game, Penn State had the opportunity to score points. Their wrinkles and their adjustments worked. And it fell apart because they couldn't connect. There's one play where Drew Aller gets sacked, and I don't want to say I told you so, but, like, every time you do a play-action-pulling play and you want to stop somebody with a guard who's 360 pounds for an edge rusher, you're gambling there. But Penn State got what they wanted. They got their man up the seam. And, by the way, if you want to join bluewhiteillustrated.com, 50% off right now uh, at the site to join uh, the uh, people burning couches and pitchforks. James Franklin head on a pike that is coming this week. All We all know that James Franklin can't do it is in the chat right now. Um, they had some chances early. And then I think the most frustrating thing for me to watch from a process standpoint is I didn't see a lot of adjustment. Now, that's just live analysis, and I'm not an expert in live analysis, like going in immediately bringing it to you right now. We'll have T. Frank's film room. We'll dive into what happened. But what I saw was they ran the same play again. They kept running the same run plays. and They kept getting two yards. So in the second half, let's talk about Penn State's offense in the second half. Uh, this is adjusted for sack yards, 12 rushes for negative 21 yards. Penn State was not efficient. They did not stay on schedule. They did not catch the ball. They did not get open. They were not efficient. That was the key to this game because that's what Ohio State was going to give you. And Ohio State took the off coverage. They took um, all the things that they did. They didn't. I don't feel like they did anything necessarily too tricky. They played their game. They adjusted to what Penn State did, and there were a couple of certain plays that again we highlighted over BlueWhiteIllustrated.com of Ohio State uses their safeties in a specific way where they'll motion them with the tight end in some run formation. So maybe on third down you can sting them to get a big play because you're pulling the guy out of the formation. They shifted their tendencies and they. That's when Nick Singleton got stuffed in the backfield for one of the 15 missed third-down conversions. So Ohio State, on the defensive side of the ball, they played like it. They, they played a good game. A.J. Campbell, I'm, I'm piled up. I see you guys. I thank you. I just wanted to get some opening thoughts out here. Appreciate everyone being here. A. Campbell says, I'm not a Franklin hater, but I've never seen an offensive coaching staff put a team in a worse position than that. Penn State refused to do what worked all year and resorted to trick plays and nonsense. It got a little desperate on your second receiver pass. I, I don't know, is is Keandre Lambert-Smith, he's not a former quarterback, is he that good at throwing the football? Because it was not that case in this game. I agree. It, th- there were moments it felt a little desperate in the second half. Um, and I would agree with you. Like, in terms of from a media perspective and, and all of those things, I think I try to bring a balanced perspective. But this is, to me, this is on the coaching staff. And I don't know that it's just on Mike Yersich. Like this, we, we can say Mike Yersich isn't a good offensive coordinator. The coaching staff, obviously he's the leader of that group. But the coaching staff as a whole, they talk about, you know, like, it, it, Mike Yersic brings all voices into the tent. He listens to people. I, I, his offense was not this conservative in previous places. And... I'm not saying he's a great offensive coordinator. I'm saying that this just for the last couple of years has been against his nature, going against Jim Knowles and this defense, which is he's used to seeing this stuff in the big 12 and the adjustments by Jim Knowles were better today than the adjustments for Penn State. And part of that is I think somebody, uh, in the way before we even were live, I want to find this because I think that this is something that's pretty fair. Um, I gotta, find, I gotta find it. It was a great, it was a great comment. And by the way, you guys are coming at me hard and fast, so I, I can't get to everybody's comments. Hopefully, you're having a a, a civil, angry conversation here in the chat. Um, but essentially, I can't find it. The I wanted to give credit. Penn State doesn't have a wide receiver one or a wide receiver three, is what somebody said uh, in the pregame chat, and that's kind of, yeah. You got it. this. Is one of the things again. One of the things we laid out on Friday was keandre lambert smith you got to get open yeah they're going to hold you it's college football they're going to hold you you're going to see aggressive coverage if you can't beat that you can't say i'm the guy and that's like that's that's the game you know like in in press coverage and man coverage or in off coverage which is a lot of what ohio state was doing if you can't get open that what are you supposed to do who, the tight ends can only take you so far. I know a lot of people are angry about 12 personnel. And David Greeter says, uh, Half T, Frank, sorry, <laughs> but you can't tell me. Mike your Mike didn't absolutely blank the bed in this game. That was garbage. Um, Mike your should, should have gotten his guys open with calls. Stop asking his wide receivers to do stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and for for a comparative example couple of things that Ohio State did really well in the second half is they knew Penn State's tendencies, and they attacked them. So we talked again. We talked about this at T. Frank's Film Room, something that you've seen in Manny Diaz's defense for a couple years now, all the way back to even before here. When they have a boundary call, and I'm assuming this is just when the receiver is on the, the – the X is on the boundary, and you've got him running a shallow crosser, you're going to keep your your corner on that side, and you're going to pass that off to the the spy. Now, the the spy is a linebacker, and normally, against UMass and Northwestern, that's fine. You're passing off somebody to um, Abdul-Carter and Kobe King. In this situation, you're passing off Marvin Harrison Jr. to Abdul-Carter and Kobe King. They knew Penn State's defensive rules, they waited for the opportune time, and then they attacked those rules, so that's a good play call. But I don't want to put this on Manny Diaz. I don't want to put this on Marvin Harrison Jr. scoring at the end to make this a blowout game. That defense was amazing for four quarters. And I'm going to come back to this again. These are, and 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 uh, David, I'm with you today. Like Mike Yersich, the offense, this is on them. They scored six points in four fifty fifty-eight 58 minutes, six points. So let's look at, I always like to do this because this tells me the story of the game from a uh, from a defensive perspective. And I'll show you the stats again. Hope you guys like stats. Here's our drive chart. They Penn Stated Penn State today. Ohio State forced a three and out. A four and out. A four and out. A three and out. A four and out. A three and out. A three and out. A three and out. Turnover on downs twice. And then they gave up a touchdown. Um, essentially bleeding the clock. Penn State's offense did nothing today. And... On the response, the Penn State defense allowed 13 points all the way up until the fourth quarter. This is the same game script as last year, in a certain sense, of the defense was in this game. The defense was there. They were playing. They were doing their job until you just gave them enough plays. And Ohio State allowed Penn State to be in this game with the way they were playing and not trusting their quarterback, running the ball, being conservative in the second half. Getting Marvin Harris in the ball a couple of times, you know, after the third quarter had worn on. I don't know. I don't know how you. I don't know how you put any of this on on the defense. Crypto Ducat says no question. Just want to burn it all down, and you guys need to be better. No pushback except Corey Geiger, and that is terrible. You know, um, I think that's also fair. I think Corey looks pretty justified right now. there is a certain amount of ask a question so that you can get an answer that will help you write your article. But you're right. Part of the part of the justification here is push back on some of these things that don't make sense and that uh, allow these narratives to continue. And James Franklin's narrative this year is that this offense can win by being consistent. And, and it can't. It didn't. It didn't. When it needed to, it did not. So, I mean, this this information, week to week, we gain more information. Penn State had not played a significant offense all year long. They played one good defense in Iowa. And it kind of looks like that was the outlier. Um, yeah, I was thinking that in the fourth quarter, by the way, that, wow. This has come all the way around <laughs> from a couple weeks ago. That Corey now has a, uh, it looks a little bit vindicated in the in what he's asking and, and again the question the way he phrased it was was um from a football perspective was why james franklin asked, asked, answered that way but the point being how do you get this offense to be a little bit more dangerous and and they 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 haven't they still haven't done that yet um so today if <laughs> you still want to go to penn state versus michigan how, how are you feeling about the season um that's that's i mean when you have a two-game season and this is burn it all down i I, (sighs) what i'm trying to say is if you need tickets game time is the app because uh i have a feeling that these tickets at a certain point are going to loosen up in terms of their price and game time is awesome they can get you uh tickets at the best possible price. They're constantly scanning for their best possible price to get you even after an event has started. Maybe you're getting there late. Maybe you're trying to ride by the seat of your pants. Um, they can get you tickets even after the the game has started. So game, football, that's obviously the thing. If you wanna to go to the, the, Ohio, uh, the Michigan game at home, maybe you're trying to go to the uh, game against Indiana next week. You, you interested after this performance? Well, you can use game time. And you can use the promo code BWI, by the way, download the Game Time app. That's where you're going to go and you're going to get uh, what you need from uh, Game Time. It's their app. It's super awesome. And maybe you want to take your mind off of this. You need a break from football. Uh, you can use that app to go find shows, comedy, stand-up, something to lighten your spirits. If you use the promo code BWI for 24, uh, $20 off your first purchase, go to GameTime.co or download their app. David Greeter back. This was two of two. They haven't done all year. <laughs> Good nine minutes later. The receivers haven't done anything all year. We have the talent. We don't have the coaching staff. Mike Yersich, uh does not get guys in position to succeed. Tight ends could have been used way better. Get the running backs in space. Fire Mike Yursich. We have our first fire Mike Yursich call that I've seen on screen here. Um Something has to change. This is a line in the sand game from a performance standpoint. Something absolutely has to change about this offense because the point of James Franklin grinding out a college football playoff berth is now done. Like this performance that they had against this team, this was a good matchup. I don't think they match up well against Michigan. So, what's the offense going to do when they don't match up with a team? And so. Yeah, uh, go to the bench. Find different receivers. Put guys on notice. It's that it, this was not a, this was not a winning performance. Uh, Michael McCollum says, "T Frank, T Frank. Play calling was the saddest thing I've seen since fourth uh, and six, two thousand seventeen. Pitiful. So I, there was no adjustment from the the offensive game plan. And I, I'm just hold on one second. Doing these things live." Penn State has been uh, winning in the fourth quarter for all year long, and it was just bothering me that I wasn't centered, so I apologize for randomly shifting my chair. The The play calling on offense was bad, and we're not going to get much farther than that in this game, in this post-game show. Um, and this is a tough thing for me in terms of the, the passing game and the concepts they were trying to run, what they were trying to do. A lot of that stuff is happening off screen, and a lot of that stuff is happening where I'm trying to go back and review it, and there's only so much time in between plays before I've got to go back to watching the defense be heroes for three and a half quarters. So the passing game, what they tried to do, what their plan of attack was, I think they wanted to attack more downfield. Last year, what they did against this team is they found a nice soft zone about 10 yards down between the linebackers and in front of the safeties. And Ohio State did not give that up today. Giraller didn't pull the trigger on those plays. And that comes back to going to find back, going back and finding out who's open. Joel Klatt said the receivers were not open, and he's got a better telestrator view, all twenty-two view, than I do live after the game. Um, so we have to see, you know, like where was the major problem there for the the offense? But for me, like there is a certain part of Drew Aller not wanting to use the middle of the field, and I'm I'm done saying, well, maybe he doesn't use the middle of the field. Now, Ohio State specifically does a lot of things to prevent you from using the middle of the field where they have that safety parked over the middle. But I saw a lot of cover two today. I saw a lot of two high safeties. You can't win if you run the ball and bite at the edges of the field. And Penn State won and scored a lot of points. And that's, again, going back to, I think, Crypto Ducat made a good point of like, you got to push back on some of these things. I do. We we bring these up in sort of like analytical points of looking at the game and saying the offense is different with Drew Aller. He does these things. These things are specific to him, and it's the things you're not saying, the things he's not doing that that we're, we're that we're not harping on enough. And I think that that's a that's a good point. So yeah. Using the tight ends over the middle of the field. Okay, so let's rip the Band-Aid off. I have been saying maybe you just you want to throw more valuable passes to the receivers on the outside. They didn't throw any valuable passes to the receivers on the outside that were worth anything. They couldn't hit a corner route on third down. They could not throw the ball over the middle of the field. They could not throw short. Ohio State was sitting on those routes that Drew Aller likes. So they took that away, and that was the offense. Um... Showtime says all you can say about this game is the defense is ready for prime time and the offense is not. QB needs to learn this year how to be a great one. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know how much to put on Drew Aller if the receivers aren't getting open and he's getting pressure in his face, but he did not elevate anybody around him today. So baseline analysis there. He didn't, he did not elevate anybody around him. He did not make clutch plays. Neither of these quarterbacks did. By the way, um, uh, th- this is what this game told me watching it is: Wow, Michigan. I don't want to say cakewalk because that defense was good today for Ohio State. But uh, yeah, another year of Michigan in the college football playoff is how it feels like. And again, Penn State can still beat Michigan. It's still not out of the question. But pull the fire alarm about this game. Mike Yersich is not capable of calling a good offense. He can't call an offense without four wide receivers. He can't use his tight ends. He's awful. David, um, we, that's been 23 minutes of the show, so I think we do need to pivot to a different conversation. Even though I said we're not going to get much farther than this, James Franklin has not moved the program forward. He has not just say it. Um, he has moved the program to a v- to to here but I don't want to quote him about himself, good to elite. Like, this was not a good performance. I also, like, I am I saying it without saying it? Like, that's the point. All of this stuff falls on the coaching staff, on James Franklin. This game plan today falls on those guys, and James Franklin is the leader. So, okay, James Franklin didn't steer the program in the right direction to have a good game plan, and I do think that, like, I... There's a conspiracy theory that James Franklin meddles in the offense. And I just, from a, it's irresponsible of me to say that, like to agree with that and to say with no fact or basis that that's true. But I can quote you what James Franklin and Mike Yersich have said to give you those breadcrumbs. But Crypto Ducat, I can't say, as somebody who tries to be a respectable, honest, fair, and balanced person, that, uh, that that's the case. Because I don't, I'm not in the room. James Franklin has talked about going back to the same play because they can't stop it. He's talked about being in the ear of the offensive coordinator saying, hey, you've got two downs here, so call something to get a play for fourth down. He's talked about um, the, the direction of the program, using two tight ends, playing to your strengths, and not having a receiver is a part of the James Franklin conversation. So, like, you know, this is why he makes all of the money he does. This is why he's in the position that he is. Dante Cephas not getting enrolled at Penn State until August is a – that showed up today. Um, not, uh, not being able to win a receiver in the portal, really, at all that showed up in this game. Uh, those guys not being ready, not advancing and developing, or not being guys capable of the moment. Not getting a Caden Prather. Not getting a Dante Thornton. Not getting a Dante Thornton in the portal. All of these things, you know, the receivers, the glaring weakness there of Penn State could not get open. That is all James Franklin. Um, So, yes, and and going back to some of the conversations about Penn State and the offense, I think you can say that the direction of the program has been one that gets them to a certain point. And uh, I, I don't have a problem with going for it on fourth down. But here's another question. They had been dangerous, and, and again, I'm, just, I'm going to quote to you James Franklin and the things that, when I ask him a question, some of the things he says in response. Talking about balance, and balance being able to do whatever you need to do in a certain situation to win. And he talked about being able to throw the ball or run the ball in short yardage situations. Specifically, being able to throw and run in balance has caused them the ability to score 30 points in certain consecutive games. Where was the T formation and all of its variants? Because it's not just about lining up in the T formation and running that way, because Ohio State can crowd certain parts, and I think teams have dialed in things they can do to the T formation to neutralize it to a certain point. Kind of like the Wildcat, because its options are limited because it is a limited condensed package. But what it does, it does very well. But third down and short, they did not have that out there. They didn't have, you know, was Khalil Dinkins not healthy? Do they not have a third tight end? Andrew Rapelier, uh was out. Um, what was the situation there that they didn't use the T formation? So that's to me, like, w- what was going on there? And then here's another thing. I, I and my coworkers at bluewhiteillustrated.com, and I'm going to put this up here half-heartedly, but... Uh, If you want to call, if you want to be on the message board and you want to yell, if you want, because what's happening here is a therapy session, right? Everyone's getting very mad in the comments. You're yelling at me. You're saying that I'm not doing my job by not being a, you know, uh, a jerk to James Franklin, asking aggressive pointed questions. And I think like, that's fair. I'm not a guy who's going to be asking aggressive pointed questions. So fair enough. Uh, but join bluewhiteillustrated.com 50 percent off new subscribers you guys can come and you could yell at me in, in in there as well you can yell about uh about the game about james franklin by mike yersich inside information about the coaching staff and 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 you know uh, premium articles what people are saying bluewhiteillustrated.com sign up for 50 percent off appreciate you guys sitting through that in a day like today um <laughs> this so crypto ducat is coming with all of these facts And I I've been in this situation before, you know, as a fan watching inept bills offenses in, in years past, they had six yards of offense in the second half. It's, it's indefensible. It's indefensible. I'm not sitting here trying to defend it either. Uh, but they had six yards of offense in the second half until that final drive. That's absolutely true. You have been fully like everything they did to Iowa and Northwestern and all those feel good moments. Somebody took Penn state's identity. And they did it to them because they they have a critical weakness that is preventing them from winning an, a national championship. And, you know, I don't know if I need to go further than that or if that's too far to say that they can't improve and can't get better and that these receivers aren't good enough to help them win a championship. But the way Drew Aller played um, didn't look good. And the quarterback can get roasted in these moments right and i'm I'm trying to equally lay the blame at the feet of every single person give them their deli meat you know like distribute the party favors equally to the offensive line couldn't pass block in obvious passing situations but they were in too many obvious passing situations because i don't feel like the game plan had any sort of creative ways to beat and to take the ohio state defense's rules and break them they they ohio state adjusted After the initial salvo, and Pence did not have a counterpunch. It is absolutely as simple as that. Pence didn't earn the win regardless, but the scoop and score uh, hold is almost as bad as roughing call for soft tackling on the runner. Yeah, I don't want to go too hard after the refs in those situations. Um, I I got a brief look at these things fly by really fast because I'm doing a bunch of stuff. Watching that play, you can call that uh, holding. You can call that holding. (laughs) <laughs> do you want to call back a scoop and score on a hold and also did that hold create the scoop and score because there was nobody open because he grabbed and held um i think that that's a, a gray area the the roughing the uh the uh, uh what was it um a personal foul on unnecessary roughness on the next play or whatever it was that one was that was that was ridiculous that one was silly and it was pretty I don't know that that would have stopped them from scoring, but that would have definitely stopped. That would have uh, put in the conversation they don't score a touchdown because Penn State's red zone defense was great. Penn State's defense did everything it needed to do to win this game, and it was absolutely, like, I don't don't want to be a person who sits up here reactionary and say fire the offensive coordinator after that performance, but that, I don't have a lot of things. Like I said at the top of the show, it, it is burn it down day. And Crypto Ducat, I see him in the chat with. He's he's spending a lot of money, telling me how angry he is. Um, <laughs> David wants uh, Jaywan Sider as the offensive coordinator. Cannot blame the QB. Worst play calling ever. Fire from C Paul King. Um, what was the final score? asks Steve. I'm I'm missing what's going on here. I was trying to get to somebody who who didn't. Just give a, a super chat. I wanted to make sure I'm fair to everybody here. Um, uh, let's see. Talk, this is a I'm flying blind here. Talk that trace. We never usually go overboard with penalties, but this game we gave up valuable yardage due to avoidable calls, personal fouls, holdings, and face masks. Talk that trace. Thank you uh, for, for an interesting diversion from fire of the offensive coordinator. We will get back to your regularly scheduled programming of the offense was a dumpster fire today to talk about Daquan Hardy's punt because there are certain moments in this game and there were moments to make up, right? There were moments to make up for that. But when we have the conversation about Daquan Hardy had not earned the punt return job until he did, and then he scores two touchdowns and people go, well, why wasn't he playing the whole time? And then he gives up 20 plus yards because he misjudged the punt, shows you why the decision-making at the position is equally as important to the return ability. And if you're a top five program and you've got athletes all over the field, you should find a person who can do both of those things. Have good decision-making skills, be able to catch the football. I guess these are three, but the first two are kind of the same thing. And then return and be dangerous. Uh, Penn State has top classes, you know, like the athletes, I guess, are missing. The receivers, specifically, if you're talking about punt returners, are usually receivers, short area quickness, make guys miss and then be fast, as opposed to kick returners, you know, kickoff returners who are running backs, explosive, tough, can run through one tackle and, and get a big play. They can read and and run. But yes, the, the penalties, the face masks, personal fouls, I don't, some of these were effort fouls, so like, I, I don't want to get too, I don't want to get too like that was a problem there. The offense, I think for the most part was pretty clean of Penalties, right? Like, it was the defense who was out there for a generation and a half. Uh, Gregory Fischel says, warning signs were there all season. We got away with it today. Defense played great. You're, you're correct. You are correct. Um, this was my calculation before the game, was that I had seen legitimate process and progress from the offensive line. Um, and then there was no, after Ohio State adjusted, there were no running lanes for Penn State. So, the offensive line and everything I told you about this year, yeah, I think that there were some uh, <laughs> there were some good plays against good teams. What we saw against Illinois is not a mirage. i d- I don't think that uh, this team played their best today on the road. That is obviously a James Franklin hallmark of being the worst team on the road from a statistical standpoint from a, Like, all of those narratives are cemented because I think he came in with a better team today. Like, I don't change my opinion on a whole lot based on this game of Marvin Harrison Jr. was basically a cheat code for Ohio State. They got into third and long, just like Penn State. Their average third down uh, margin was worse. They were in third and seven and almost eight. But Marvin Harrison Jr. came to the rescue, caped up, Got the ball, got a first down. And, and Ryan Day called a good game to attack Penn State's defense and got the better of Manny Diaz in certain situations. Um, but the offense, the offensive line, the tight ends, supposedly the quarterback, this is where I thought Drew Aller would rise to the occasion and elevate players around him. Where we saw in the first game of the season, he's able to find his third receiver. And I'm sure, like, if I go back, when I go back, there are going to be guys open on the field. There are going to be receivers that are open on the backside of plays, and the fire Mike usage stuff is going to, as I look at it, go, oh, okay, the offensive coordinator had a plan. Here's where he was supposed to go with the football, but... And then the litany of things that went wrong to cause the quarterback never to get there. Drew Allard did not look poised today. He looked like everything but poised. Early, he was throwing uh, hot. <laughs> it, it, the ball came out of his hand fast. He was rattled by a little bit of pressure. Game pressure of the moment and a dude kind of in his face throwing early. As the game progressed, the offensive line gave up more pressure. And then in the third quarter, in the got to have it moments, my calculation about Drew Aller was we're going to see it today. Because I, I, you know, I have seen it from high school on forward that he has played clutch football before, and it just didn't show up. And that's part of, if, if Drew Aller plays well in this game, and, you know, again, I'm just saying, like, I'm assuming I'm going to go find some open receivers. Some open receivers. I'm not saying that it was, the quarterback was blind today, but there were probably things preventing the quarterback from getting to those reads. And that part of the thing preventing the quarterback was, he was over his skis today. And it never really centered back in. And that's been kind of the way Drew Aller has played on the road. Whatever that is for him is now a thing. Because they played the the Northwestern defense, which was not a good defense, but they played them tough. And you go, okay, sleepy start on the road, Northwestern, noon kick. You can can go through the litany of things. He didn't play well, but he still made good decisions. Today, that's not enough. That was not enough to beat this team. And that was, again, we we talked about it Friday. Here are the things that had to happen, and none of those things happened. Um, Eras... I'm not going to try and pronounce that. Azera force Forcefire86. It will never get better with Franklin. He can't develop quarterbacks. Should have played Probula. I don't know. <laughs> it's impressive that you spelled Probula right, but not Franklin. Um, and I'm just teasing, by the way. I'm just teasing. Uh, we're going to be back here quickly on the BWI live show. Take a quick break and take your questions coming up next. Are you a company that is passionate about athletics and wants to tap into the Penn State sports community? Maybe you're a community organization in State College, Center County, Pennsylvania, or even Planet Earth. Are you interested in growing your brand and leveraging our YouTube and podcast platform? Or are you just a person that has some money to spend? If you're any of those things or something I didn't bring up just now, consider advertising on the Blue White Illustrated YouTube show. We have a dedicated and passionate audience that is just waiting to hear from you. Through, through me, talking about your business on the show. That, that's how we do it. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, email Michelle DeLee Hamilton at Michelle at KomenPub.com. That's Michelle at Comanpub.com. We're waiting to hear from you through me talking about you again. That's how we do it. And we're back. Oh boy. I don't know what's going on with that, but we're we'll try to get that squared away. Uh, air, I want, I want to get to this point because I think this is uh, a part of the conversation that matters. And it's something that I don't, I always assume that the offense coordinator and the quarterback coach were the person that were responsible for, making that happen, developing the quarterback. But James Franklin, again, things fall at his feet when you go to high-level things that don't change. And Penn State should have won this game. This was the game. People talked about this. This was their opportunity. And it did not – it didn't happen. And I I don't necessarily have a good answer for you. And if you want to say James Franklin can't develop quarterbacks, I'm kind of like – there's no defense to it. Drew Aller is young, but I said before the season – That this quarterback, five-star quarterback, if he's the dude, he can throw for three thousand yards and thirty touchdowns in a game. That didn't happen. This that did not happen here, and uh, it's not going to happen this year. The way that they're playing, this offense is not getting better. The things that they try to do aren't working, and I don't know that there is a great way to um, go forward right now. And if it's the quarterback. If it's the receivers, but the offense, yeah. After today, it's fair to say the offense is pretty broke. So I'm Thomas Frank Carr. I appreciate you staying with us. This is not getting better. I don't know what's going on with my camera. So I apologize for this looking awful. This is, uh, we are currently living in my worst nightmare. Uh, So I apologize for the technical difficulties today. I don't know what's going on. Um, Crypto Ducat says you're talking X and O's, you're not even talking about the problem. Same year, each uh, stuff, each year, why will you not say James Franklin is the problem uh, after 10 years? Because Crypto Ducat, my guy, that's my job. My job is to do the X's and O's, to tell you about what happened in the game. And if that's your reason that James Franklin isn't the guy, then okay. I'm giving you the ammunition for you to say it yourself. I don't know why you need me to say it. I'm giving you everything you need. I'm giving you the proof of your point of saying that the offense had no plan today. James Franklin telegraphed that because that's what he does. He, he never really lies. He never hides what's going to happen. Um, and, and he he didn't, have, um, he didn't have a good plan today. So if you want to say James Franklin is the problem and you want to say that they'll never get better, I am not a never say. I'm, I, I don't say those things personally. So, you know, I, I appreciate the frustration and I understand and I appreciate that you actually respect my opinion enough that you want me to say it, but I'm going to let you down here because things can get better. Um but the evidence is that the quarterback that should have been a, that is a five-star that should have been developed to the point where he can win these games, had all of the DNA, had the the development, the Josh Allen glow up in high school. They got the guy and the guy didn't do anything here in this game and the reasons why that didn't happen are systemic if you want to go all the way back to james franklin here's again here's your ammunition coaching and play calling continues to cause us big games won't change uh we've seen it for a decade under franklin never prepared for big games so one of the and i'm going to quote first off i'm going to put some uh, cover here so you don't have to watch my uh, face have a seizure uh because this is this is this is hard to watch even for me so again apologize for all of the technical difficulties today um The point about things not getting better and uh, this offense not having the play calling things, not changing under James Franklin. Um, That's fair to to me. Like this is open to conversation Um, because again, this was supposed to be. This was supposed to be the team that did it. and in big games, I guess, here, here's my question then. What is the specific uh, coaching decision that bothers you? Because I don't pay attention to coaching decisions as much as I do, you know, the decision of the game plan, the decision of what they're doing on the field. I don't necessarily pay attention all the time to uh, what, what the coaching staff and James Franklin is doing with uh, the, the timeouts and stuff like that. That's not necessarily my bag. So, you know, drop in the chat what you think the coaching decisions are that are a problem we can talk about those i'm thomas frank carr and this again is my worst nightmare we're talking here on the uh emergent break this is break glass in case of emergency for everybody by the way with with the camera so we're gonna wrap up i think a little bit early as i don't want you guys to look at me and this it's not halloween yet and you don't need to see ghost t frank with uh some of the awful lighting we have now with the camera uh, situation five-star quarterback five-star running back above average offensive line no offense this is on your sit- fire him so there's also the question of what do you do when you fire a guy like who steps up how do you take the the, the reins going forward um i don't know that it, it's is that a productive thing <laughs> Off-season we can have these conversations but like this stuff is very hard without throwing a dude off the boat um A. Campbell says that offense was not only desperate in the second half, they got cute in play calling almost immediately. Had we leaned on Catron and straightforward plays that got us to 6-0, the game snowballed in the second half because of the play calling. Where was, yeah, Catron Allen downhill? That worked. Um, It didn't work in the second half as well because Ohio State adjusted and they just dropped the safety in the box in the 12 personnel packages. So, again, there was no counterpunch. But yeah, if you want to say play bully ball, try to run downhill at them. I think that's a fair strategy. They did not try to do. They tried to run the ball, but they did a bunch of um, they they did a bunch of things that I think bit at the edges of the pro- of the problem. Uh, thank you to whoever this is for joining the channel again. I want to get everybody uh their due on the screen before we <laughs> wrap up here. Am I wrong or that Kalen King was really bad today? Kaylen King wasn't really bad today. Kaylen King went up against Marvin Harrison Jr. And he played the game he played. And this is a part of the conversation in the second half of uh, passing off Marvin Harrison Jr. in zone coverage. is If you're going to flag Kaylen King for playing the way he did, and you're going to call that, he can't be aggressive in, in those 10-yard chuck areas. So they had to find a different way to play. And Marvin Harrison Jr. is also pushing off subtly, and there's a lot of hand fighting. If you call that on the DB, and now uh, uh, man coverage is just off the table against who's 6'4, runs routes like that, you've got to find a different plan. So they put zone coverage in effect more in the second half. And it's just like there's only so many ways you can defend a dude for as many plays as they did. So Kalen King got beat today. He did not rise to the occasion um you know in in that one-on-one matchup i thought the defense fought despite that they never gave up the whole thing kept going they kept fighting and then you've got to try to find a way to get some points if you're the special teams of the defense and pence couldn't do that Kalen king was not good today so yeah I, I i guess i want to i want to stop short of really bad uh because marvin harrison jr is is that dude and he proved that so Kalen King's going to play on sunday he's going to be a good football player Maybe the conversation about first-round draft pick changes from what it was last year where he was so good. I do think he is playing worse than he did last year in terms of production um, and making plays on the ball and making plays in um, in tough situations. It's not going well for him, uh, and it did not go well for him today. Third and one pass call when run was effective is not on Drew. These are, so, again, these are some of the points about talking in this uh, uh, in the chat about how the quarterback is set up to fail, and that was what happened today, and then the quarterback failed. So there there is two parts of that conversation. The quarterback was set up to fail, and then the quarterback did not elevate above that. USC, Washington, Oregon, Crypto Ducat, I feel like you're, you're my co-host today. Uh, <laughs> where's Echo is the name? Uh, Echo is the name. He pointed this out a couple weeks ago, of I don't want to hear the we're fine running the ball and being tenacious on defense. He said... I want this team to score points and uh, I want to give you your credit here. Yeah, they needed to score points they didn't score any points today. Um, And I don't know. (laughs) I'm running out of different ways to say it. Um, And that's usually when it's like, okay. We've reached the end of the show, but I've got to get to you guys and get your opinions on the air because that's also, like we said, the venting session today. Uh, pense gave up on the run too early, fourth down that killed us in our own territory. Should have punted it when the defense was playing well. Absolutely wild. I'll disagree on that last part about punting it in uh, the fourth uh, in your own territory. They needed to do something, but again, the play calling and the situational usage of no run game. And that's where I'm wondering, like, I don't, did they have a third tight end to run the T formation? Because you can't run it with somebody who's never run it before. And we've seen in the past, um, Andrew Rapalier played that position and Khalil Dinkins played that position. Uh, Dinkins has been injured previously. And I'm wondering, did, did Penn State not put people on the injury report, the availability report that weren't playing? Because here's another one, Larry, um, JB Nelson didn't play. And this is what I was going to say before my my camera crashed, I think. That wiped my memory, by the way. So, like, I just went pure panic mode. I don't know if I said this already. I went to practice on Wednesday. And the first thing I was tasked to find was, where is JB Nelson? Is he playing? And the answer was yes. He was practicing. He was going through drills. He went through one-on-ones. It wasn't like he was just doing on-air stuff. He was hitting other players. And every time, everything we've seen, From Penn State is when guys do that, they are probably going to play like their full go. So this was either something happened late after that in the week. And he was uh, downgraded to out, which, by the way, he was not on the availability report. So that might also be one of those things where is Penn State looked into for uh, not being honest about the availability report or that was the ultimate troll job. I said I even said this like it is a long way to go to put your left guard into practice so everyone sees it, and then he doesn't play? Who is that serving? How is that helping? And then he didn't play at all today. Vega, you want I, So I, I asked other people, I asked my coworkers who were at the game, did you see JB? Because I was going to talk about it. Nobody saw JB play. He warmed up with the team. So short yardage, I have some questions about availability, but then I have a questions about how did you fill out that availability report? Because that also seems like that's not uh, what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, let's see if we can get all of this stuff set up for just the end of the show because I don't want to be like the Penn State offense and fail you guys in the fourth quarter. We're back. <laughs> this show and this game is is uh, not going down in fame. Derek Reese, <laughs> thank you for being here. Maserati T Franken. I don't need that. I don't. I don't need that today. I don't think I've earned that today, um, <laughs> buddy. I, I just got to say. Uh, I, I actually appreciate this. James Franklin post game, Penn state, Ohio state. I'm not sure if we didn't just watch the two best teams in college football. Thank you for posting that. Appreciate you, uh, crypto Ducat. (sighs) That's, it's not correct that offense. Yeah, (laughs) that's not correct. Um, I don't know what Penn State does from here because I, I don't think firing the offensive coordinator is the way to go. I'm, I'm sorry. like I just think from a process standpoint, a guy who has... like This this hasn't been going well, right? So the offense has not been firing on all cylinders. Mi- mitigating circumstances, we've covered all those things. But they can still win a lot of games with Mike Yersich, as the offensive coordinator. If you're pulling the ripcord and pulling the Band-Aid off, it could get a lot worse. And I, I know that the the answer is... It's already bad, and it hasn't been great to begin with. And here's the thing. now I'm reassessing their matchup with uh, Maryland. Maryland's got a good defensive line and a good quarterback. They can score that team can score points. So um, I just like I personally, my personal I don't call publicly for people to be fired. that you know, as, as a professional. fans, you're free to do that. Um, But that is not something that's a line I'm not going to cross, but uh, the the answers here are all laid at the blame, the feet of the offensive coaching staff, for sure, definitely at the feet of the head coach and the offensive coordinator, and then you can pick your favorite uh, thing down the line of what happened with the Penn State offense. Um, And that's where I really want to get my goodness, you guys are on fire today. I'm trying to make sure we get everybody. I think we've gotten everybody. Um, let me go through my notes here. Again, you're seeing all of this process, all of the dancing that I usually do behind the scenes. You're, just, you're seeing it today. Like, it's just, it's all up here. Um, let's talk a little bit about what Penn State did well on defense, if that's okay, for a couple seconds. I just want to give credit to some of the things that they did. Um, Kalen King, not as good as Marvin Harrison Jr., but I think they did a good job of maintaining that threat as best they could. And I know he had 150 yards and a touchdown, but he is that good. Um, Penn State rotated their safeties and used motion so they didn't give up a lot of stuff in the run game and in the passing game. So Manny Diaz, adjusting I wouldn't even say adjusting, but uh, being aware that Ohio State has been using a lot of motion this year. They did a good job of being in position to deny Cade Stover uh, free access plays for the most part. In generally, I still think they made Ohio State earn it. Did you notice they stopped targeting Daquan Hardy? And they started targeting to uh, Kate Stover over top of a middle linebacker. And even then, I thought Kobe T- King did a great job on that play being in position. It was just the best pass of the day by um, by uh, McNamara, the quarterback. McNamara, what am I doing? Uh, McCord. McCord, the quarterback for, uh, for Ohio State. That was his best throw of the day, right over the hand of a receiver. And then, of course, the one to Carnell Tate in front of... Um, in front of Daquan Hardy. So he made some throws, but they were clearly not interested in him carrying the offense. And then once you put the defense out there for as long as they did, Zane Durant showed up, I thought had a great game. They overcame the loss of Chop Robinson, their best defensive player. And they were still able to get a certain amount of pressure. One of the things I'm interested to see is the time to throw for for, um, for McCord in this game. Because it felt like the ball was getting out very fast. There are a couple of times that Penn State didn't get pressure, and that's a problem. Uh, And that's where they were able to get some of those plays. But for the most part, Ohio State, it seemed like they were playing scared to the Penn State defensive line, and it showed up. And the Penn State secondary, what we found out in this game against Marvin Harrison Jr., who had 11 catches for 162 yards, Cade Stover, four catches for 70 yards, is that they didn't play to the level that the stats showed this year. And that when they played a good quarterback, they weren't bulletproof. And late in the game, that's what it was going to be. Like, it was going to be, they've got to be bullet. They, they had to be bulletproof. And that is not that is not what happened here on, uh, on Saturday. Steven, I knew I, was, I needed to get to somebody. <laughs> Fire. Whoa! Whoa! Whoa. Okay, so Steven is a regular here. Steven is always around. Steven is a level-headed person and he's saying fire Yursich. Um, <laughs> Franklin did have one offensive coordinator that was very good. Moorhead coaching for Akron. Um, so I guess we're going to Ohio to get the next offensive coordinator if Joe Moorhead wants to come back according to Steven. So like it this is this is not good. This has reached a uh, a level of again, we're we're burning the we're burning the place down. How about we get Al or someone to throw to before we come at him? It's easy for McCord when he has NFL talent to throw to, something Drew doesn't have. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and how how do you feel about the touchdown drive? Well, they hit Dante Cephas over the middle. <laughs> and they put, uh, they put other receivers on the football field. So uh, another part of this game on the offensive perspective, and Justin, thank you for asking a question. Um... 12 personnel. I came into this game saying 11 personnel. Ohio State had struggled against 11 personnel if you could run out of those formations. And Penn State didn't do that. They put the they put the tight end in the slot. They went to three receiver sets. And they tried to use what they think are their best personnel. But Penn oh, State's tight ends are good at blocking non-conference opponents. They have not been good at run blocking during the conference part of the season. There was I saw one mega hit by Theo Johnson on a peel block, I need to go back and watch to see specifically if they open stuff up I didn't see. But generally, when you condense the formation, you bring everybody in, you're allowing chaos to happen. On that final drive, Ohio State is giving you these plays, right? They're giving you the middle of the field. But Penn took the middle of the field, and they completed passes, and they looked competent. So part of that is Ohio State's finally just giving it to you, and then part of it is uh, you are, in a certain sense, um, shaking things up. And that, to me, is like the, the offensive plan has to change. 12 personnel is not getting it done from, they're not consistent enough on the ground game for whatever reason in this game to make all of that happen. And by the way, if you want to listen to James Franklin's press conference, we're, re- we're nearing the end here. Uh, I'm assuming Crypto Ducat has posted more of his quotes here in the chat. And buddy, I appreciate you. I just don't know I can get to you on every single one of these questions. Or they're not even questions. You just want to pay for your opinion on here. And I appreciate that you've gamed the system. Mark says, the Penn State win today with a running QB. I don't know it's a great question but it's also the foundational there are certain things like fire the offensive coordinator change the quarterback there are certain foundational things that if you do that oh buddy you are opening up a can of worms and I understand this was break glass in case of emergency and they went to the receiver pass twice so this was not inspired I, I want to say yes. I want to say yes. Um, but I have to see what effect that would have had on the overall running game and how Ohio State was using their safeties. I, I want to say yes, that it, you have you have better numbers in the run game, and that's where it had to start for this offense. But if you pull the quarterback, if you pull Drew Aller, the offense, like you are throwing it out in a certain sense If we can't win with a drop back passing game is what you're saying Bo Perbula maybe he can win with a drop back passing game and we just don't know yet because he hasn't been on um he hasn't he hasn't been on the field (sighs) we got to use car salesman uh (laughs) oh buddy in the chat I I'm not I'm, I'm not putting these on the show now uh we have gotten to the Matt rule uh used car salesman conversation on and we that's that would, we have no longer found interesting or relevant things to talk about uh in that particular part of the conversation here on the show so appreciate everybody being here um i said we we're gonna burn it down one way or the other right last week after the umass game this was a, this was the game that things were gonna happen one way or another and um we'll see what they are I don't think Penn State's going to change anything. By the way, I think they're going to continue to do what they do, and they win ten games this year. And you're going to be very upset with that. That's kind of that's my prediction, my outlook on what this has been so far. Just trying to read the tea leaves. I think it would be, <laughs> I, uh, I think it would be a a certain miracle if there was a massive change from the Penn State plan of attack overall, and. I think it is fair to put all these things at James Franklin's feet. That to, to say, like, these plans haven't changed, these things haven't changed. Why haven't they changed? Um, and this is the point that I'm gonna quote Nate Bauer, and this is what I was gonna do before everything blew up here about 20 minutes ago. The alignment conversation of uh the administration and uh Pat Kraft, the athletic director all the way on down. Penn State's hands have been tied in the past. We're not having that conversation anymore. So if you are saying all of the excuses, you know there is the no excuse crowd. There are no excuses, even if you don't have the same resources as the programs you're trying to beat. You had the same resources as the program you were trying to beat today. From an offensive perspective, you had enough talent. The clock has started on the conversation about Franklin 10 years in, and I know you hate that. I know you hate that. I'm sorry, but you're here. Now the college football playoff is expanding to 12 next year. You can get in maybe in the future, but you're, it does not look optimistic right now. And in this measuring stick, James Franklin and the Penn state staff have failed. So what happens next does process and James Franklin is all about process i want to be on my schedule so that i can focus on all the other things at what point do you do you say that we need to change the process and we need to change how things are happening i don't i don't have an optimistic answer for you that want change um but we'll be here to document it we'll be here to talk about it and for crypto ducat i will continue to say all of the things and point out all of the facts so that you can say whatever you want about the Penn State coaching staff and the Penn State administration. Um, so yeah, I feel like we've sufficiently burned it down. <laughs> this has been, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for being a part of the conversation. Thank you for keeping things, at least as far as I could see, because it was you know a fire hose of, of conversation today. Things at least stayed civil, I think. Uh, things at least stayed PC. I didn't have to uh, ban anybody. So I hope you had a cathartic show. I know this wasn't fun, uh, but we'll be back to do this no matter what. After Michigan, if you want to yell and you want to to throw things again, we'll have the conversation again, and I will give you all the specific reasons why things failed so that you uh, you can use those in arguments about what you want to happen to the future of Penn State football. We'll talk to you on Monday.